This is Good Riddance the Podcast. We back another week, new episode. I here. We missing Jay this week, man. He's 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 tied up at work. He's uh, I don't know, man. I think he's wanted. Probably he's on the lamb. <laughs> Probably that, boy, that boy's trouble. <laughs> this dude is crazy. He let me know kind of like last second ish. So I was like, "Yo," but then, hey man, life happens. I knew you. I knew you come in pretty clutch every every single time. It's the second time, so thank you for that. That uh, that a strange voice that we hear, man, is is <laughs> is uh, is Mr. Nate, the man behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain, the man that uh, rents out his his lovely studio space to us on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um. And make you sound good. Huh? <laughs> and make you sound good. And make me sound good. Yeah, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I have no idea how I sound before he touches anything. So uh, It's probably better that way. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for not subjecting listeners to... Hey, I'm here for you, man. I got your back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but anyways, man, how's everything been going, man? Um, you know, I just, we were talking before the podcast started, like, you know, jobs and life and trying to figure out like big decisions and trying to decide what, to, what to go forward with, what, mm-hmm. uh, if you need to make a sacrifice, what could, you know, it's a risk because, you know, right now, you know, finances are tough to come by out there in that world. Yeah, man. Especially everything's so expensive. Yeah. This LA, this LA living is, uh, is expensive. It can be. It's definitely different than, especially if you're trying to like places. pursue a, like a goal mm-hmm. and you try to put your, all your money in that goal. It's hard to, you know, do the little normal stuff, you know. It's hard to get the groceries. It's hard to pay the rent. But it's, man, it's like what I tell myself. Like, like, like LA's like a hub for, like, everything, I guess, right? So it's kind of like everybody comes to LA to pursue whatever their dreams, whatever their passions are. But, like, is it really that hard to pursue these dreams and passions from other City? It's it's a good question, and I can I, mean, I can, I can say LA, so. I can say something to that because I um, I'm from Minnesota originally, um, and I can tell you there's no creative aspiration happening there, and if it is, it's in the bigger cities usually. Um, and when I was growing up, you didn't have like you know, like some I'm, I'm a filmmaker and, and I'm trying to you know make a career in that and writing and directing and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and like to get behind a camera I got really lucky um I had an aunt who uh, worked at a local tv station and I mean this is a tiny college town and the, the local tv station was on PBS okay and it's the only one in the country because oh, it's geez. the only it's northern Minnesota and there's like to get um uh, news in that area mm-hmm. the only channel that gets to everyone is PBS. PBS okay so that's what that's what they broadcast on but I, um, before college even started, and this is like a, usually a college gig for some people, is uh, I worked um, for the sports department, which is one man, and um, I did uh, local sports. So I would drive around in their little van right. to all these little towns and shoot like a high school basketball game or a high school football game. Okay. And I'd be there for like 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how much action is going on. And if I get enough shots that I I can clip together for highlights, mm-hmm. I would then drive back to the station. Um, I would get into the edit bay, 
and this is like old school. We'd have a little, you know, taste, put a deck in, right. have to load it in the computer. The computer would read the um, the analog deck and turn it into a digital format mm-hmm. that can then be edited. And then, so I was literally sh- um, uh, shooting, editing, and then writing what's called a shot sheet, mm-hmm. which would be like, so uh, this this player, number 12, goes to the hoop, lay up. Yeah. So I'm explaining what's happening so that the newscaster doesn't have to go watch the tape beforehand and just read the script, right? right? Right, So I was literally doing what most people don't ever get a chance to do just starting out is I'm shooting, editing, and writing. Okay. And I've had no experience. So that was... That so was that was my my integration, uh, integration into that world. And I was doing it like, you know, four, five, six times a night or a week. And then um, I got to do some bigger stuff. There was... Uh, you probably don't remember. Uh, it was... Some sometime after the Columbine shooting, there was the Red Lake Indian shooting, reservation shooting. Okay. Um, and uh, it was, you know, coverage from all over. Um, I worked, since I worked at the TV station, they were asking for, like, these big uh, broadcasts, like right. ABC News, uh, NBC, uh, Good Morning America, all these big outlets were trying to, like, get themselves up to this shooting because it was, you know, it was Columbine was in Minnesota? No, no. This is after Columbine. Okay. But this is like, like this is before the smash shootings were constant. Yeah. There was a big gap in between. This is one of the big ones that happened. Yeah. Um, so while I was up there, while I was working at school, is they needed someone to pick up these people from the airport, drive them around, kind of be tour guides. Like, how do you, you know, how do I get to this reservation? Right. This is before Google Maps. This is before, you know, like smartphones. Yeah. Like, this is before all of that. And so um, we ended up being uh, picked up by, uh, I believe it was ABC, um, and we worked with their, um, like, their sat truck. Okay. So I would, we would drive them up, and I, would, I actually drove around to um, one of the producers, and we were trying to find people to interview, right? Right. That would actually talk to us, because there was this big thing about don't talk to the white man kind of a thing. Okay. Because <laughs> it was, uh, they didn't want to... They were in this place where I mean the reservation and to the like the the outside population is not a good relationship in, for the most part. Right, a lot of racism, a lot of tensions, a lot of like a lot of struggle and put in poverty and, and stuff that happening on the reservations because uh, for a lot of different factors. But they didn't want to talk to like you know some guy from like you know New York who coming out here and asking questions about a shooting that they're not proud of that happened on their land. Right, right, and so we ended up talking to the, um, the uncle randomly. We just stopped in this place and he happened to be the uncle of the shooter. Oh, and shit. so we got, um, I kind of helped convince him to, to, you know, do an interview mm-hmm. um, because that way he can get out his take and he actually can tell his side of the story right. without it having it being portrayed otherwise, without having some perspective. So yeah. it was kind of interesting. So I got to see all the behind the scenes of like how news is made. Um, <laughs> they actually had me to be a stand in for the live feed for good morning America. So (laughs) I was standing in front of this, you know, this big camera with the big light Mm -hmm. at like four in the morning and it was bringing broadcast and a little IFB in my ear. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy in some New York studio, Mm -hmm. making sure that they, you know, can you hear me? Yep. We're good. Uh, Focus is good. Lighting is good. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So that was kind of fun. So it kind of spurred more of my interest. Um, (laughs) But there's no creative out there. It's just all kind of like corporate-y, like. Yeah. And so I tried to, like, I tried to actually work for my college TV station, too, which was unbelievably terrible. And, and no one had no money, had no equipment, had nothing. Um, we had a studio that the, the wiring was eaten, ate by rats. 
Right. So you couldn't even like we had a giant mixing board and uh-huh. we couldn't plug anything into it because we didn't know where that that led. Yeah. And if that wire even worked. Okay. Like it was just a garbage place. Right. And we were trying to make something out of it. And we were trying to come up with like reinvent this, the, this TV stations that when people like kids would actually watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, so we came up like shows like, um, um, we had like BSU cribs is the show I came up with where we go to, uh, see like how campus people live. So we'll go to a dorm room, we'll go to like a house, like a big, like, you know, like a big place where the house parties are at all the time. And then all the cars would be like, you know, civics and, and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And, uh, so yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, but that was like, that was like my, like trying to be creative in a very uncreative place. Right. right. And it took me, like, I got out of that town as fast as I could. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Minnesota and the, the, the culture out there and, and uh, there's just a lot of hypocrisy and stuff like that. So yeah, I was kind of a big town kid that was born in a small town place. And I knew it from, you know, growing up that I don't yeah. belong here. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is I went nothing. to, uh, I moved out to Vegas on a whim, really didn't have a place to live, didn't have a job, packed up my vehicle and, and drove out there and got my car exploded. The engine exploded about halfway through Wyoming. Um, so I had to buy a new car and all that stuff. So, yeah. but, um, I got to Vegas and it was just, it was right at like the beginning or the middle of 2007 mm-hmm. and it was, it was summer and it was the MTV video music awards okay. within a month of me moving there. I got to work on that. Oh shit. Nice. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I also worked on some HGTV shows, but the reason all this stuff was happening and one of the reasons I moved out there is it was Vegas was like the new Hollywood. Okay. Uh, CSI was the biggest show on TV mm-hmm. and everyone was trying to get that environment that, Every channel you flip to had Vegas something like yeah. oh they go this on this week they go to Vegas and right. so there's just so much work in Vegas they're desperate for people to help yeah so I called up some production houses I'm like hey uh, you know if I move out there is there work it's like do we can't find enough people right I'm like sweet so I move out there and I get these two gigs I'm like cool I'm set I'm gonna be in the, I'm in, in the mix mm-hmm. and then the economy crashed in Vegas or the whole country oh okay yeah but yeah. Vegas was hit the hardest because when people don't have money guess what they don't do go on fucking vacation and spend thousands of dollars at a casino. Right. So the well dried up immediately. Everyone, all those, all this work just gone. Jesus Christ, that 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggled for another three years. Um, I met some cool people. We, we saw, saw some, uh, shot some short films and stuff, mm-hmm. but they didn't really take it seriously. Um, there was more of like a, a kind of a fun thing to do and they're going to school. So we got to use some of the school's equipment. Yeah. Um, so the art Institute. And so we got to use some of that cool stuff and then make some stuff, but they didn't do anything with it ever. And I was like, we need to get this, you know, if we're going to do this, this is fun, but we yeah. like, I want to do this for a living. Right. And then the, the, the craziest story that happened with that crew is they got, um, they convinced this guy to, or this guy can basically it was like a meeting of the minds. Like this guy had a script mm-hmm. and he had some funding and we can shoot. So okay. he's like, they asked me to be, this is kind of like when I first got to know them. Um, they asked me to be the AD, first AD, yeah. which is the first assistant director. And in pre-production, what you do is you spend a lot of time like going through the script. Okay, here's a, a prop. Here's a location. Here's, mm-hmm. And then you work that out. So here's a master of all the things that we need. So if we're on this location, we need these things to be there yeah. to make the shot work. Right. So I had done hours and hours and hours and hours of work then they did a, a rewrite, and I had to do hours and hours and hours more. So there's just, you know, this is the way yeah. films go. And it was the guy who wrote it was also in it and producing it. So what, 
what happened, all of a sudden one day they shoot me a text, an email at the time. And like, hey, um, we got to have a meeting. So I'm like, okay. Like figured there's another meeting. Yeah. And go to the meetings like, so this is not happening anymore. I'm like, what the hell? Like I thought it was all in lock. It's yeah. like, well, the, um, the writer, producer, and lead actor was arrested. He had been getting girls to come to his house to do casting calls and forcing himself on them. And he got arrested for it. So guess what didn't ever happen? That, that movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a small movie. It was like a million dollar film, but you know. Still, like. Again, oh I got shot on and, and like, so. Right. And I'm like, screw it. I'm out of this crazy dirtbag town. And um, packed up once again. I luckily had a, had a job working at the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Which um, was was okay in the beginning and then got worse. And then I was like, cool, I'm moving. And then I moved to, out to here and I worked at the cafe here. Right. Which got me to here, right? Right. right. Like, cool, I got a job. Like, I'm a little more prepared than was last time I tried this. <laughs> um, but I was living in a studio in K-Town that had no parking. Mm-hmm. And I had no furniture. I had an air mattress. Didn't have a couch. Didn't have a chair. Didn't, I had a computer that didn't work. Mm-hmm. I had an iPhone 3GS, which I'll never forget. Right. It was the last <laughs> iPhone I ever owned. Um, and I would watch YouTube videos, and, and they would just take forever to load. Yeah. You know, like way back before, like 3G was like still kind of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I just lived this, you know, but I, I had this dream. I had this goal. Mm-hmm. And this is the first town where... I felt any kind of like, yeah, let's do that with other people. Yeah. Before it was like, yeah, that'd be cool or whatever. It'd be, right. it'd be fun or we can, yeah, we can shoot that. But I'm, this town drives inspiration. Like I find inspiration in the littlest things mm-hmm. and, and with people. The problem is, is there's a lot of people who are dreamers, but there's not a lot of people that are doers. Right. So in Vegas, it was a lot of people who like just trying to live that fake Vegas lifestyle of like partying and, and like it's when people live there, it's a miserable existence. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't want to admit just, it. They're just in this, you know, mindset of like, you know, right. Bullshit and living in this, you know, fake city in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's, so it's yeah. In the of yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's out here. I, I found, I found way more real people. I would mm-hmm. say there's way more fake people in Vegas than there ever would be in Hollywood. Right. Um, people here are real. They're just real crazy. <laughs> so you got to deal with that, but that's yeah. that culture. Like, you know, yeah. so creating things out of nothing takes a, a different kind of brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so creating stuff like, like back home, there was none of that creativity. And out here there's almost too much of it. Yeah. So it's a weird balance, but you know, I found I've, I've, I've cultivated an amazing group of people who, have continued to stick by me in, in, you know, in times of like, oh, we don't know that this is even going to happen, but they're still there every time I ask for something or, or hey, I got a new idea or whatever. Right. Um, we so, need those people. Cause, yeah. You know, people are uh, fickle. A lot of people, they seem to want to be around when, when everything's good, when everything is. Well, it's the driving force for most people is them. It's like, what is this good for me? Mm-hmm. And the problem with collaboration is, is, to get anywhere good for you, you have to be good for someone else. Right. So I love collaboration. I love working on stuff with other people, getting other mindsets because I can have an idea, but until I can bounce that idea off someone else, get a perspective, it doesn't, it doesn't solidify that idea yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
you know, you you always want that somebody who's going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Like you want to be around. I have I'm, some of my closest friends are my yeah. hardest critics. Yeah. Like you need people who aren't going to play into your biases. Yeah. You know, For sure. force you to think differently, taking somebody else's perspective because yeah. by all means, you may be like, oh, fuck, I'm wrong. Or I think that's better. We have a rule in my crew, which is if I can't, if I don't want to have a beer with you after work, mm-hmm. then I don't want you to work with me. Interesting. Because if I don't want to spend time with you outside of us collaborating and working together on mm-hmm. something that's going to be like like going to war, yeah. like you are going and tackling something that has like utmost obstacles. Right. If I can't hang out with you at the end of the day or want to, then there's no point in us working together because it's just going to be constant conflict and there's not going to be, we're going to be focusing on the conflict rather than the creation. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of how we do it. That that makes sense. Like it's, it's tough though because there's people that are really talented that are yeah. people. Even in the corporate like world, I feel the same way. Like I like even at my job now, like I'm I'm cool with everybody. Yeah. But like ninety five percent of them I don't want to see outside of business hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny <laughs> how we can build these walls too. Of like at work, I can be cool, but I would never like call you up and hang out with you. Mm-hmm. It's it's like we live in this environment at this time. I'm this person. Right. Go home. I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm the real me. Yeah. Because, like, and people wear these masks all the time, and I like a job where like, and creating film and stuff is, is one of those things where sure you're dealing with like a, a fantasy. It's not real. You're creating something to make something else that's like didn't didn't exist or doesn't exist. Yeah. So the cool thing is is having people that are all doing something that's kind of pretend. Everyone's pretending, but when when the last take is done, it's like everyone's legit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, and you can joke and you have a good time. And after you just you know banged your head against the wall for sixteen hours on a film set, mm-hmm. you're still like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm 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 very much that type of person. Like I, because when I'm at work, when I'm dressed in shirt and tie, I'm one guy. But then yeah. once. Once the day is over, I'm at home or I'm in an environment that's my environment, mm-hmm. a one that I want to be a part of. Like I'm one that you've cultivated for years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, I'm completely yeah. me. Like I'm blunt. Like I curse every other word. Like you know what I mean. And I don't ever want to feel like somebody you know is not comfortable yeah. or gonna go behind my back and say something. So like it's 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 a very few handful of people that like you know I I truly like trust. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's kind of I've I've kinda, narrowed down my field of friends yeah. <laughs> over the years. Right. <laughs> I, I have this kind of philosophy of like, if if you're not a genuine person, I'm genuinely not interested. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's hard to tell who's genuine, who's not. It takes time. It takes a lot of like the does. best the best way to tell or mm-hmm. to know if someone's genuine is to be in in a, in a point of conflict or a struggle with them. Because when you see someone at their the most frustrated or or you guys are frustrated about something together, right? That's a bond that's hard to break once it's there. You yeah, know? yeah. I've been struggling with my one of my best friends. Um, has been in the same industry that like we were partners in uh, a company and we're doing all these other projects. He's got another company as well, and he's got projects for like a long list of projects. And and he's been struggling since like before I was in college. Yeah. At this, and he's still not successful at it. But he's just got that drive. Is that it inspires the shit out of me? He's not been successful at it because it's because he's not good. Or no, no, no. It's 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 because or? this town is tough. Yeah, 
it's it's not like he doesn't have good ideas. He's done some stuff. He was on like how we actually bonded. Oddly enough, is he was on a show called Sequest back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan because I was a big sci-fi nerd, and um, so when I, we met at work and he, you know, we were talking about movies and stuff and shows and he goes, you ever watch a show called Sequest? I'm like, right. yeah. yeah. He goes, I was in like 17 episodes of that show because he's from Florida and they shot it in Florida. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, um, like one dude, one dude, like we're, we're, we're like really good friends. We just haven't hung out so long in years, but every time we like, it's like you. Yeah. It's like you pick up right where you left yeah, off. Yeah, it's like kind of like right those where are the best friendships for like, sure. Like I remember, we kind of grew up together. We were like thirteen years old, young, young teens, and like we, me and him both, we were like just like super like big like music fans, like yeah. like weird type of music that like people weren't like sure. saying, like people like us at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people that were into sports. Like I listen to like Jimi Hendrix like in my headphones, and like everybody's like, yo, like. Mm-hmm. That's not rap. That's not you know what I mean. Yeah, just, yeah. It was just, it was just like different from you know. You were going against type, is what we call it. Yeah, just yeah. like, but not on purpose. Just because that's just who you were. Yeah, just because that's Jimmy what you Hendrix found it. Fucking yeah. There's nothing wrong with like being <laughs> yeah. a fan of Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is like he inspired. Indie. He inspired most of the music that's like being tracked. Yeah, like yeah. like freaking like NERD like like just things that everybody wasn't yeah. into. So it was like like he got like a little old laptop and started making beats. He actually made the beat to the, uh, to the intro and outro oh, nice. to this uh, podcast. Nice. And, um, it's like super dope. And like, so now like when I jump online, like this dude's like in Tokyo, like working sure. with like Tokyo artists and producing for them. Cool. So I'm like, yo, this dude like really like yeah. stuck to his guns all these years later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's, he's, he's making decent money. That's good. Um, so it's kind of like, yo, that it's like super like inspiring. Like, like that's like easily one of my one of my best friends. Yeah. Easily, easily. Like it's 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 cool when you have someone that inspires like you. Times a year, like that you can actually <laughs> talk to. You know, yeah. Like I was just hanging out with my buddy um, last night and just kind of going over like what's you know the struggles we got going on mm-hmm. both him and I because we're both you know we got lots of crazy shit happening all at the same time and and uh, but like the last thing he said was like, dude, we got this. It's fine. Like yeah. he just has this constant positivity that. That I have a hard time with. I'm I'm a, I'm more realistic. He lives in more of a like a, you know, everything's gonna be all right kind of a. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I I like that dichotomy because I can't I, you know, I look at things as 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 they are, and he sees like beyond them into the the positive. I mean i i i tend to, I tend to like look towards the positive though. Yeah. That's as good. well, like I'm 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 very much a pessimist in some ways when sure. it comes down to certain things. Like when I think about. But like overall outcome, race, you're, you're yeah. About, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know the human race sucks. I have very little faith in what's going to happen within the next 10, 20 years. Sure. But, like, you know, my daughter's going to be an adult. And it's hopefully, scary. you know, it's going to be scary. It, it's it's but going to be scary. And hopefully, at the same time, she gets we, to see a point. In we her could life also where, say that 20 years ago, yeah, the same people were saying this was going to be scary. Yeah. You know, for us. Well, but. But it is kind of scary. People, you know what I mean? If those people were still here or if they are still here, they're probably like, yo, this is fucking yeah, scary. <laughs> it is. So it's, it's, but I it's, guess it's a tug and pull. We, yeah, we'd we adapt to the worst scenarios and make the best of them. It's just, it's, it's just human nature. But um, right, right. it's, it's, it's tough to see like, like people that have positive mindsets. I mean, they can be a little bit annoying sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like, 
yeah, you can live in a fantasy land all you want, but the real world is this. Yeah. We, and you, you but at the same this. time, is <laughs> if you can have that balance of someone who's like, yeah, like this fucking sucks right now. But if we don't keep trying, it's not going to ever happen. It's like, I can't argue that. Right, right. I, you know, if you don't, if you don't let like the fucking put the fucking work but in. But even I get that, work like that, just looking towards the positive for just knowing that what you're doing is the right thing, so it'll all work out in the end, I mean, even if you don't see it now. Yeah, I'm trying like, to be crazy. The reason why is because like me growing up with just my younger brother and my dad, like my dad had like it, things weren't always easy. Sure, but. He would always, and you know, and I was, I'm the older one. So like, I was uh, always the one, like my younger, responsible. you get what I'm saying? Like I was, I had to kind of grow up the fastest. Yeah, um, I was the same way, you know, and just kind of shoulder, like, like I was just privy to what my dad was going through, even though I wasn't having to deal with it. He was the one sure. that was shouldering that load. Sure. Like, I don't know how we're going to eat tomorrow. It's going to happen though. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be we're all gonna right. Figure it out. We're going to figure it out. The next night we're like. Having, you know, eating yeah. dinner or yeah. paying the rent. And yeah. we weren't sure how that was going to, you know what I mean? For sure. So, like, that part of it, my dad used to say, if you just do the right things day in, day out, do right by people. Yeah. Um, You know, keep your morals. Like, everything's going to work itself, or work its way out, even if you can't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, it's just it's just the way it happens. I mean, like, when you, when you speak to how tough the town is, like, I was, like... I, well, before I was doing like free uh, freelance audio engineering, hmm. um, I went to uh, the LA Film School right, right up the street. Yeah. Um, right after school, like I had few different internships, like sure. all at the same time. I was making like twenty k a year. Yeah. Um, it was, it's for real. It's for you real. know. But all I really, I was still at my mom's house. I, or you know, I was just just I had a phone bill. Like I didn't really have too many bills. I was yeah. just kind of like paying off like student loans and sure. stuff that I had. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing front of house engineering at my, at my church, um, for whatever they pay me. I did, it was nickel really set amount. Yeah, it was. Just, <laughs> yeah. I was just really using that for yeah, education. Yeah, yeah, education Edu- resume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because bef- like school, like we didn't do, we didn't like get hands on experience with like front of house That's engineering. Very common. It's very fucking hard. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's that's like, a lot going you, on. You know, I would be there and I'd be working, and then like. So many things go awry, yeah. And then everybody, and like, it's they all look at you, yeah. So, like, the whole church on Sunday, like, you know, like, if, if a singer jumps on the it's microphone, like and the, reverb is just, the reverb is just too loud for yeah. this person, yeah. and I have to go in and adjust it really quick. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks back, like, because nobody really knows, no, like, no. the work that's going into it, of course. To them, I'm just it's all standing, magic to them. To them, I'm just standing in front of a soundboard with mm-hmm. a volume key that just <laughs> turns up and down, like, it was like, yep. you know, so it. it it was very, very hard. I mean, I, I wasn't really a big fan of front of house, but it was giving me what I needed. Yeah. Um, I did like music publishing and then like, I was very comfortable with what I was doing. And then my girl was like, you know, I'm pregnant. And Boom. I was like, oh, fuck. And, so, the, and the shoe drops. Right. So I'm like, yo, I went to my mom. She was like, stepmom, she's like, you got to figure, figure it out. out yeah. You know, like, she's like, she's like, well, can you just, um, apply for a permanent job at one of your internships. I'm like, mom, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) You don't just apply. (laughs) It does not work like that. Mm -hmm. So I worked there for a little bit longer. And then, um, a friend of mine, he, she was working in banking. She's like, Mm -hmm. banking's fairly easy to get into. Yeah. Um, you can make some pretty good money. So I applied at a few different ones and got hired like a couple weeks later. And then like, I keep telling myself that I'm gonna get back to it. Sure. And I want to. Yeah. 
I just I just don't want to start or it's, it's going to be hard to have to start back over. Yeah. Because a lot changes, but some stuff doesn't. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a lot changes so fast. And like, I just don't want to have to start back over. Like I'm 27. So I'm like trying to like keep the. I can tell you that's nothing. You have plenty of time to start over. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm turning 36 next month. You okay. have time to start over. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to take a hit to like the annual salary. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like, it's like a tug and pull. Like my daughter's three. So I mm-hmm. do have that time to be able to do that but then my current job takes up a lot of time yep so like i would need a lot of time you and i are in very somewhat similar positions you know so with that on that front of like i do agree with that job security or or passion Mm -hmm. and i have always been a struggle with that I, i i struggle too and a lot of it has to do for me is i'm driven the most by like being really, really uncomfortable in my environment to getting out. Yeah. But what happens is I get out and I fall in something that's like similar, but new. Mm-hmm. And I have to get out of that. And I fall in something similar and then new, but then I got to get out of that. Right, right. So I fall in this trap of like, you know, a lot of it's been like in the corporate world, which I cannot stand. I have such a I hate f- it. fury for like, it. I hate it. Like I'm like, I'm on conference calls or like meetings with like, People, people you've never met. <laughs> people I never met yeah. telling me what to do, how, how to do. I should do it better, how this is, should be done. Like, I've never seen them do the, a job exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and and I'm one to like voice like my displeasure for things. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm that guy that's like, well, I don't really, I don't really like doing it like that because I just, myself, I, I don't work like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't feel comfortable well, doing you're that. Just a, you're just a, a cog in a machine, and every yeah, cog and is the same. Like, and then they're like, if it's um, not, they get a new cog that will be the same. And then one thing really tripped me out is uh, after the conference call, after I voiced like some displeasures I had, one of the, I guess, up higher ups, they call me on my personal work line, and they're like, you know what, like, um, I've been with the company for twenty seven years. Um, I've made it pretty far and you know what you're doing, you know, it's all politics and you're not very political. Yeah. You're not doing, you're not you're following not, politics. You know, she's like, so, you know, I have a saying be, for that. You know it's it going to be hard to, so I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm literally like, are you really telling me this? Like, well, we, what I call that is that tastes like shotgun. That tastes, explain that. So someone giving you advice about how to do your job. Right. Right that's from the corporate world who's been in it for 27 years, obviously has no aspirations of doing anything fun yes. or creative. Just I'm going to, I'm a robot and the cog in the machine. Right. And he's giving you advice to be more like him. That tastes like shotgun. Okay. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a shotgun yeah. is in my mouth right now. <laughs> I am very tempted to do what I have to do. It's yeah. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm there and I'm like, Oh, if I if I can find a perfect segue, so I'm like I'm like always like on Indeed or just looking out for new job opportunities, and sometimes I'm like, hey, what if I do this? Yeah. But then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, nah, like, like I don't want to move out of what I'm doing now that I don't like very much to something else mm-hmm. that I don't like very much for less pay, <laughs> right? For less pay, like like you know what I mean? Like if I'm when I move, like I want to make it one that's like, all right, this is where I want to be. This is what I love. This is what I like to do. Yeah. And I'm just going to 
thrive at it. Like, I don't want to, like, just leave for the sake of leaving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just I just bite the bullet. I just bit the bullet on that one. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, and just kind of let it go. But sure. it's, you know, it's kind of like, but my dad, like he told me, just just have patience and be faithful. It's going to work out. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's two ways to do life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's doing life to to get by. And there's risking life to make things happen that you want to have happen. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 tough because, you know, especially when you have a family and things like that, it's just it's even harder. But because there's more variables. Yeah. But it's just kind of all like risk reward. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that could happen? I don't get a I, I quit this job and I don't get a job and I go find another job that's um, like similar, or because yeah. I have that experience still. It's not like that resume is going to be changing anytime soon. Right. Right. right? So you can maybe go to another bank or, or, you know, fall back position, but it's when it's those people that are like forced to make those hard decisions mm-hmm. usually end up being the happiest. Right. Like, Oh, I'm so glad I got fired. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or I actually have that situation. I actually was fired from a job, but I was kind of trying to get fired. So it was, right. it was a welcome <laughs> retreat. Right. <laughs> that is like, wow. that's like, I, I, I was actually, um, gonna get fired from a job and I was like super cool with like the manager like super cool like yeah we had to go over to his crib we'd hang out we'd go out he's like super super cool he got word that they were gonna call me into the office have a meeting with him to let me go yeah and so he's like you should quit you know and I was like well uh, you're on unemployment for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then, you? He, and, but but he told me that, and I was yeah. like, he's like, they're gonna, they're they're thinking about doing this. Yeah, and um, so I was like, thinking to myself, like, yo, I'm gonna quit, and then I just quit the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so it never even happened. But just I just wanted to do it just to like let them know that I know. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it was it was one of those corporate world stuff, man. Right. It's, I mean, you can be thankful you have a job. Right. But that, we live in this, this culture of like having a job is, is, you know, doing your part and, and, you know, you're contributing to the economy. And Mm -hmm. we have this, like, like all things, almost all things in the the United States, everything's, you know, Mm -hmm. blown out of proportion. And it's like, but are you happy? Right. <laughs> That's not a factor. Right, right. Oh, you're working in a coal mine. You get a paycheck every month. Cool. Are you happy? A lot of people, ugh, man, I don't know, man. It, I, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tug and pull there that I want to stop tugging and pulling with. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, it's, it's, I think for me, it's all going to come to a head pretty soon. Well, not over the next few months, hopefully. I'm able to like create enough of a nest egg, sure. Um, and really just like you know get back into what I would what, what I want to do. So like, you have a little buffer. Yeah, like yeah. a little, bu- like yeah, just to be like, even if I can get back into like entertainment. Yeah. Like even if it was just like the business side, like when I was doing like uh, music publishing, like it was very much a lot of office sure. work and oh, yeah, on yeah. the phone and. Mm-hmm emailing like I was working with a guy who who did that he, he it was a company um that did music publishing um 
also like um kind of like revenue booking stuff like that sure. like for for bands that he uh bands and artists that he uh, managed and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i'd be calling up different venues and trying to get them booked there yeah. for certain nights like even though it was office work that i don't like very much i was still like having yeah you're time. still in the in the, in the you know? field that you want to you, right, you right. have an affinity for yeah so it was uh it was definitely uh, it was it was definitely way better than where i'm at so you know yeah it's it's that give and take of like mental health or pocket health <laughs> <laughs> right we need to achieve a little bit of both it's it's, it's tough because i mean you know they say this is the best economy we've had in years yeah but the wages are stagnant right like people got more jobs but they didn't get paid shit Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not counting like, like, oh, there's more employment. People are working like three jobs. Right. And that's why there's more employment. Right. Because if you're working three jobs, mm-hmm. they're counting that as three people being employed. Yeah, that's, that's it's there's a lot like, of no, there's a lot of bullshittery. <laughs> it's, it's still me. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of bullshittery. And Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and it's like there's just a lot of they, they twist the the math around so it fits their narrative. Yeah, that's when people say men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Well, numbers can be used to paint any narrative yeah. you want it to paint. Can, like it can. I can tell you the math that I want to tell you, and not tell you the math I don't want to tell you. Yeah, which you is can, I can what? take the statistics and you know, like it's it's kind of like one of those like what I read. Oh, um, a hundred percent of uh divorce is due to marriage like <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know it, it's, it's like if you if you hear something off like i i challenge all statistics because i want to know the opposite like what was it that well uh 85.98 percent of statistics are made up on the spot <laughs> you see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> made up on the spot uh-huh. fuck numbers uh, i guess but that's just the way so, it is you know people you know people have you know mm-hmm. interest self-interest but then there are those few who their self-interest is the interest of the group. Right. And they see beyond themselves. But the problem is, is they, they sound like the other guy who is lying. Right. Saying that he's in it for the group and he's in it for himself. So it's just a matter of like judgment. It's a matter of like being critical thinking and saying, okay, where's the money coming from for that guy? Where's the money coming from? That guy, mm-hmm. and which guy or gal is has the the backup for the shit they say, right? And is it being influenced by something other than what they're saying? So, I mean, we're in the you know, this is the most political in my lifetime that I've seen, and I grew up with Bush being what we thought at the time the worst president we've ever seen, mm-hmm. the dumbest president we've ever seen. And I mean, I remember going to classes and before the teacher would get start talking, everyone would be talking about it. Mm-hmm. But outside of like the school environment, no one was saying shit about it. it was, there was no, there was no uh, marches. There was no, um, like, you know, we had some 20 way Fox news and stuff, but it was just like, right. they were freaking out or, you know, they'd be champing like, well, the president says we need to go to war. So we should not, um, we should not, how was it? We we're, Bush wanted to go to war, wanted to go to Iraq, and Fox is pushing that narrative. It's like, well, the president said so, basically. Right. Like, we have no other reason to to go than he, the president decided to go. Right. And we need to support the troops. And it was just like there's just there's yeah, just yeah. there was no nuance. Right. And and it was a, like and 
Democrats were just kind of pushovers and they still are. Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, most of the, most of my age group, the news we would get was from, from John Stewart and right. Stephen Colbert because CNN and all the other stuff, they were, they, nothing was like, it was all right. Watered down. Right. Solid and no one was taking, right. you know, what we were seeing seriously. Mm-hmm except for John Stewart. And he pointed, he's like, you know, they constantly point out they him hit the, the bullshit mountain. I don't know if you remember that back in the day, uh-huh. John Stewart yeah. had bullshit mountain. And it was like yeah. Fox news. And then, Oh, cause another little more shit to add on top to the bullshit mountain. <laughs> and just I don't know, just that kind of thing. And yeah. then that, that kind of sparked my interest a long time ago into um, politics. Mm-hmm. And what I see now is just, I, there's just not enough critical thinking. It's just, it's absolutely absent. I mean, when I was in school, I don't know, it's the same for you. I mean, mm-hmm. I was from a tiny town, so who knows what we did. Um, but, like, there was no, it was like whatever the book said is what the book says. Um, you take tests, uh, you regurgitate material, you don't learn shit. That was just, that's just how it went. That's how, that's how it was. Yeah. That's and then, clear, that's, like, it took I remember very, my, little, very little of what we thought into consideration yeah. it was just yeah. kind of like, like you're, it was it was black and white it was right or yeah. wrong there was no there was no nuance yeah um i remember like i'm from uh, my town is super christian like it's, there's seven churches and they're all christian churches okay and so it's just everyone is like because you're not religious at all are you i am i am agnostic atheist is what i would label myself if, <laughs> if you want to label me yeah um but i was raised in that environment and i remember my science teacher, um, and no, it was my science. It was my it wasn't science. It was biology. Biology teacher. Okay. And because of this this environment we were in, we obviously evolution is one of the topics in the book. Mm-hmm. And so we would ask him, like, "Well, which is it?" Kind of a thing. Right. And he goes, "Oh, well." The Bible says that, you know, God created the, the earth. We don't know how long that is to God. God is outside of time. It was kind of the answer we were given, right? right. And so his to him, seven days could have been billions of years. We don't really know. Yeah. And that was kind of the excuse. And I remember, it was, I can't remember if it was my parents or someone else's parents, like freaked out by saying that the Bible was like, it's God said it was seven days, so it's seven days. Oh, uh, Cassie. I right? Say, yeah. And so we ended up having this bigger conversation Mm -hmm. and the teacher was like, he's been there for fucking forever. And he was saying basically along the lines of, well, I mean, we don't really know. um, But whatever your parents say, that's what it is. (laughs) It was like, it's like, (laughs) yo, you're the teacher. (laughs) Who's teaching this class? Right. My parents it, aren't teaching it. I have, so. <laughs> I have, he basically has two books that are contradicting one another. Right. And he's like, right. eh, you guys figure it out. Right. <laughs> and so that kind of, that kind of stuff, like always sat with me and, right. And then I went on to uh, college mm-hmm. and I, it was one of those things like when you go off to college, you you're introduced to a world you've never known. Right. right. Yeah. You can think for yourself now. Mm-hmm. There's no one telling you. Like, uh, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's all, you know, you're kind of just thrown into the, the wolves. And what I realized is, is that all the questions that I've been asking for years, because I was very like inquisitive and like when someone would say, this is how it is, I'm like, well, why? 
Right. I was the, like, everyone hates the Y kid. I yeah, was yeah. the Y kid. Like, I would ask why? Why? Oh. why? Why? You kept the why? class longer? Yeah, well, the, one of the reasons <laughs> is, is like, no one's giving me a good enough fucking answer. Right. <laughs> They're just dismissing me because they don't want to have to go through it. And they they may not even know, you know? Right. But they all come off as, as all the adults would always come off as they, they know everything. Mm-hmm. Right? There was never, I never heard my dad once say, I don't know. Right. Yeah, my grandma. It's not I, a thing. I, my, yeah, it's, my I, I know. Yeah. This is how it is because I've lived this life this long and to know that. Right. I'm now older than my dad was when I was, you know, around those age. And I'm like, yeah. you don't know shit. <laughs> you didn't know shit then. <laughs> you haven't learned any new shit since then. <laughs> and you still talk like the shit you know is the only answer. Right, right. My grandma was the same. Like, she never said she didn't know. It was do what I say, yeah, not just, what I do. Was, my grandma was like, I've been here for 70 years. I've known it to be this way, so this is what, like, that's not fucking, like, gospel. That's not what I should be just taking, like, if I get asked that on a test, like, I'm, I can't put that. Oh, my grandma told me, so she's been here for 70 years, so she, yeah. <laughs> you know, that doesn't I, I have, I have, a, <laughs> I have an, in, I had an interesting childhood because my dad was on and off in the funeral business. Okay. So, I mean, there's numerous times where I, was, I saw dead bodies as a child and it just doesn't phase me. Right. You know what I mean? And... So did my dad being in the funeral industry, I took an anthropology class in mm-hmm. college. It was just one of the things, one of the electives you could take. Right. And so I took it, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. The professor was a gigantic asshole who sat on, stood up on a soapbox mm-hmm. and he would talk, 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 talk. And nothing he said was ever in the test. It was all in the book that you had to read separately. So he was a douchebag. But right. something he said, I will never forget and it pissed me off at the time, and I realized how fucking wrong I was and how right he was, which was. Uh-huh. He stood up, and he was talking about um, the funeral industry. Right. And he's like, my son died. I spent thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars to throw my son in a hole. I mean, I could dig a hole. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like... This fucking guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. People need to grieve. This is how you grieve. This is the best way. You know, we've been doing this forever. This is how we do it. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, uh, there's the reason these industries exist and the, like the way that we, that, like I've seen it in person and I've seen what happens when people go to a funeral and, they, and it's, it's, it's a way for them to let things go. All that shit is just kind of propaganda and just tradition. Right. And later on, I realized that like, it's kind of a giant scam. It is. If you think yeah. about how much a funeral costs, it's a lot like a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. The person that that we're, we're doing this for doesn't give a shit. Right. They have no, like, yeah. I, I, they're not part of the, the equation. That, that variable is now deleted. Yeah. Right? So for them, it's just a matter of like, okay, well, if you want to grieve properly, you need to spend three grand on a casket right. that's satin lined, got these pillows, it's sealed shut, it's yeah. got music that plays in the shit. Like they're just, yeah, they're all, just, right? They're just fucking. The alternative, this, yeah. which is the economical, uh, the um, economical alternative, mm-hmm. is cremation. Right. Guess what? My dad cannot stand and does not support cremation. Guess what? My dad does for a living funerals. And guess what he does? He cremates people. Right. Because the almighty dollar. He goes, oh, I hate it. I just, you know, these people just don't know what they're doing. I'm like, you do that for people because it makes you money. 
Right. It's something you are against, but you allow it to happen. Right. right. So you are participating in something you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And so all these things have kind of come full circle to like the guy who throws his son in a hole. Mm-hmm. That's how if that's how he wants to grow. like back in the day, like, you know, mid, you know, medieval times. Right. You just dug a hole threw right. someone in it. There was no embalming. Yeah. There was no like, you know, like there's so many different expensive, funeral experiences yeah. or, or, like around, uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. There are some people who their parents are still living. Their, their dead parents mm-hmm. are living in their are, are in a room in their house. Right. They're just there. Like there's other ones where people like the the reason it's called a funeral parlor mm-hmm. is because back in the day is when you would have someone would pass away, you'd have the house would have an area called the parlor. Right. Where people would like sit and have tea and, and talk and there's like the family room kind of a thing. Right. Well, that's where you had the funeral. The okay. person would be propped up in that room. Right. And that was the funeral parlor. Right. So that's where that came from. Well, what's crazy is, is back when photography was really expensive and a new technology. Yeah. Guess what they did the first time their photo was taken. What? When they were dead and everyone would gather around with the dead body mm-hmm. next to them. They put their arm around them and that was their first photo. Because everyone was there, yeah, and they could take a picture with their relative, and their relative was literally passed away next to them, and that was that was just the way it was. It's just common, right? That's so crazy. I have a th- I, have, I have kind of a theory is is traditions are dead people's dumb ideas, like yeah, like old traditions that we follow for the sake of them being old, mm-hmm. and the way that we've done things, they don't know what I know, right? Why would I do, like? You look at like Columbus Day and you look at all these like national holidays that we have mm-hmm. and it's tradition to to, to do it, yeah. this thing on this day because this is what we do. Right. Well, Columbus Day is a great example because Columbus Day, that guy was a, like a, a genocidal maniac mm-hmm. who didn't even come to the United States. He went to South America. Right. And like, so there's just all these, all this bullshit that we're told for years and years and years and no one questions it. It just, that's how we do things. But why? Like, that's like, Logical fallacy. Like, we just, it's, it's like pure, like, conjecture. Like, we don't know. We're just reiterating what we're just been we're, told. Yeah, we're, that's all it is. Yeah, so, you know, there's, like, for me, as Christmas is, is a joke. I mean, it's a gigantic joke. <laughs> and I may offend some of your listeners, but I don't really care. Like, Christmas is, it's a pagan holiday to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started um, because at the time the Romans wanted to um, like, there was a lot of fighting going on between the pagans and the Christians. Right. Pagans was actually the bigger religion at the time. Okay. And pagans have multiple gods. Christians at the time were polytheistic. They didn't have the the Holy ghost. They didn't have like, they had Jesus, but it wasn't the same thing. Yeah. So they didn't have a so-called Trinity back then. Yeah. So what would happen is, is there's all this turmoil and the emperor of Rome was like, uh, Constantine was like, this is stupid. Let's just, everyone's, everyone's Christian now. So he just made a, made a, dem- One, yeah. a, a demand. So everyone's Christian, but to appease the, the, the pagans mm-hmm. and appease the Christians, they just combined the, the, the holidays. There's a, the, the eternal equinox, which is why we celebrate December. Right. Um, is there was a celebration and the celebration that happened every year mm-hmm. and it was to the gods of, um, uh, prosperity or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, what they would do is <laughs> all the all the people that had slaves uh-huh. for one day the slaves were now the being served by the owners 
they reverse roles. Okay. So there's this big celebration and there's food and mm-hmm. they're giving gifts. And the Christmas tree is a sign of, um, it's a pagan symbol for prosperity. So it's like, if I put a, a Christmas tree from, if I put a tree from outside, mm-hmm. I bring it into my house. I put a bunch of different shit on it mm-hmm. to dress it up, put stuff, on, presents underneath it. Right. Right. Why do we do any of that shit? Beats me, man. Where is Jesus in that story? Right. 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 So these things are combined and people don't know this stuff because it's just what has always been done. And then when you bring stuff up, it's people like, that's, that's not true. Or really? That's weird. Anyway, back to life. Right. Right. So for me, it's like, uh, Christmas is, is a goofy one. Easter is another ridiculous one. Um, (laughs) Like you, yeah. you celebrate these things because a lot of times it's, it's the time to get together for family. What's stopping you on any other day of the fucking year? It could be your own tradition. Right. It's like we get together on the 17th of May. Right. Every year. Well, it's, it's, it's just I don't, like it's, it's the cult. It's the cult of culture. Right. It's the, that's why it's called culture. I mean, we've, uh, we've even, um, like talked about like faith and like religion and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And like the flaws and what people, people, people are irrational. Their minds are irrational because irrationality was evolved. We evolved the irrationalities to protect ourselves from things we don't know because if we don't know them, then let's say an example is, is if I don't know why lightning strikes from the sky, and it starts a fire in my village, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I can stress about that, or I can go say Thor. Now I don't have to worry about it. It's Thor. Now I just got to piece Thor, and we're good. <laughs> See right, what I'm right, right. So well, we. But I think that's like an extreme like example. It's like that's like, how that's how majority of the, like like back in the day. Not back in the day. It's like literally like. <laughs> 2000 years ago more yeah. um, like there was, if you go to one from village to village to village, everyone had a different group of gods. Mm-hmm. So if I went to your village, it's like, Oh cool. What kind of God you got? It'd be like, what, what TV channels do you receive in this, in this area? What radio signals do you receive? Because everyone had the different explanations. Right. And what happens over time is the mixing of cultures and like cities and like then roads are made. So there's more travel. So right. there's integration of different ideas and they slowly, slowly kind of amalgamate into one or a few. Right. So the, and I tell people who aren't atheists, I'm like, you're atheist, but one less than I am. Okay. Cause do you, do you, do you believe in uh, the Norse gods? Do you believe in uh, Vishnu? No. No. Why? I just don't. I just don't. I just don't no one's ever. Do no one's ever demonstrated that they exist. Right. Well, I can say the same for all of those, and yours. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's like it's we 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 hang on to these things that are built by people before us who Soft are less educated, Soft didn't have comfort. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's well it's it's, it's, it's not only co- comfort is a tough one because people say that you know I find comfort in my religion, but. I can find comfort in hanging out with my friends. Like right. comfort has nothing to do with the legitimacy of your, your ideals, your ideas, right. right? Right. Your people's epistemology is like, how did you know? How do you know what you know? Right. That's what epistemology is. Right. So if, if I ask you why you believe in something, let's say, why do you believe 
that gravity exists. Why do I believe that? Yeah. Or do you believe it? Well, because... That's a, that's a, that's a question you can ask nowadays. <laughs> there are people who well, are like, gravity doesn't exist. Well, that's... I think that's stupid. I mean, I just... I think gravity exists because... How certain are you on a scale of one? It explains why if something rolls off the table, it falls to the ground. So on a scale, let's say zero being, I I don't believe at all Mm -hmm. that gravity exists. And hundred being, I'm hundred percent certain. There's no question. I have no doubt. Where would you fall on that scale with gravity? Probably way closer to a hundred. Give me a number. Uh, 90. 90. Okay. So there's a 10% margin of error there, right? Well, I mean, because, well, I mean, because you can't know. I don't think anything is a hundred percent. Exactly. That's a. That's exactly what you got to say. Yeah, I don't think. So, yeah. How did you get to the ninety? Well, just because I have, like, heard, read, things that uh, that only support that. Like, I don't. I have. I. I, I don't know any. So, uh, so if I could there. demonstrate to you that it's not gravity as you know it, it's some other force. Would that change your perspective? Well, yeah, but then I'll just. Why haven't I heard of it? Well, I'm not why saying that. I'm, not, that, I'm yeah. not saying there is. I'm saying if something was, if someone came up to you, it's like, let me demonstrate to you how gravity is incorrect, mm-hmm. and this other X force is correct. Let's say instead of it being um, the mass of the Earth pulling things down closer to the center mass, mm-hmm. it's an outside force pushing everything down with the same same uh, like uh, force, right? I'll be open to hearing that argument. Okay, right? Yeah. Which is good because it's new information that may challenge the information that you had. That means you're open to it. Right. Right? You're not deadlocked on something. Now, if I ask a typical Christian on the street, mm-hmm. and if I said, hey, um, what do you believe? Do you believe in God? Yeah. Which God? The Christian God. How certain are you? Let's say there's they're 99.9%, right? How did you get there? Well, they could say a million things. They could say, well, in the Bible, it says that. I'm like, okay, well, how do you know the Bible's true? Well, it says in the Bible that the Bible's true. I'm like, well, that's circular logic. I could say that my book is true. Right. And it says the exact opposite of what your book says, right? Right, right. So this is the epistemology aspect. So if most people, like, are, they would say that, well, I believe in my religion because, you know, I grew up in the, I grew up in the faith or I've seen mm-hmm. it working personally in my life. I'm like, okay, cool. So me being the outside person who has not lived your life, right. has not seen the things that you've seen that have gotten you to the conclusion, because I have a different conclusion, mm-hmm. right? But got you to a conclusion that you are 99% sure that the God that you grew up with, the God that you've known, the God that you've worshipped your whole life, and you are just dead set that the experience that I've had led me to this place. And if I said, well, what if I could tell you your God doesn't exist? If I could show you and demonstrate to you as a matter of fact, right? would you change your mind? How many people would say no? I think a lot of people. Would. A lot of goddamn people. I think a lot of people. Would. Because people don't want to think they're stupid. Because if I if I told, but are you, they stupid? No, not at all. Like, they're misinformed. So, they're mistaken. Right? right. The best position to on something that can't be proven is I don't know. So that's where agnostic atheist comes in. Right. Right. So there's there's uh, agnostic theist. Mm-hmm. There's atheists, mm-hmm. there's agnostic, uh, agnostic uh, theists, and there's agnostic theists. Mm-hmm. So there's these basically, it's like a square, right? Each category. So everyone kind of falls in different places. Right. But 
what happens is, is people don't think, they don't critically think or even ask themselves, why do I know this? And how do I know at the certainty I know it? Right. Like, what has gotten me to that point? No one, like, it's very rare that someone asks you, well, what do you think about gravity? It's almost like it's just a, everyone knows it, mm-hmm. right? But how do you know it? Well, I've been demonstrated that, you know, 9.8 meters per second, it's been repeatedly testable. Uh, I can do it myself in the experiment. I can look up research. I can just discover. Right. But if someone came to me with new information, so you're very I would, much a science I would, guy. well, it's not science. It's demonstrable demonstration. But that stuff is proven through trial and error by science. That's yep. all science is. It's just trial well, and error. Well, science, then- science doesn't prove anything. Science is, leads you to the most, the best theory that we have at, up till now, but it's open to change. Right. Right? So that's not proof. Proof is basically in, in, in legal terms. More like th- these, these terms get amalgamated from one set right. to another. Proof and evidence are not necessarily the same thing. Like a proof in math is different than proof in law. Right. Right. So a math proof is basically set. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas evidence, it's like this is proof that this may have happened the way we think it happened. Right. And then there's evidence, which is like the evidence suggests that this is what happened. So it's evidence and proof are similar. Right. right? But demonstrable, showing something to be demonstrably true is a whole nother level. Right. So. If something, if someone came up to you and say, I have a purple dinosaur in my closet, that's a, that's a huge claim that I'm making. Right. Like I've never seen a purple dinosaur. How does one fit in your closet? There's all these, there's all these things that don't, don't make sense right away. But my best, my, this is one of my better examples. I I think is what, what most people say when you challenge them on their, their belief systems is, well, prove to me that it doesn't exist. Right. So I can say to you, well, prove to me that my dinosaur doesn't exist. But when, if you go in the closet, you're not going to see him because he's invisible. But he's there. His name's Steve. Like him and I have a really great relationship. I talk to him all the time. Right. If I wish for stuff, he makes it happen. Right. So. So if I tell you to prove to me that he's there, he exists. I can say, I, I'll ask him a question. Hey, Steve, um, will you make it 84 degrees in here? Oh, look, it's 84 degrees in here. Right. <laughs> that's, 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 I, I can verify that he, you know what I mean? Yeah. But how do I now, how do I get, well, what's the method in which he did that? Well, he's magic. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not real. No one's, yeah, no one's, no one's going to believe yeah. that rashly. Yeah. I'm, but now let's flip it. Mm-hmm. I have a, a personal experience with a, a deity mm-hmm. that is all powerful, all knowing magic, essentially. Right. Like he's all he can know. He knows all things. He created everything. Right. Everything that he's ever done is good. Right. My question would be to that person. Okay. Well, how do you know? Well, I had this, this really old book that a lot of people like, right? It's the most popular book of all time. And in it, it describes all his attributes and you know, how he does everything. Right. Right. Well, I have a book for my dinosaur. It's called the, the big purple dinosaur book. <laughs> and it talks about all its attributes and what it does and all the it's fun little stories to get, you know, the kids to like it. Right. Magic is not demonstrable at all. And when you talk about things like um, outside of nature, mm-hmm. one of my favorite topics, paranormal, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's supernatural, paranormal or outside of nature. Right. Can you d- tell me one thing that's outside of nature? 
Can I? That's paranormal. That, no, anything that's outside of nature. So it, could, it could be paranormal. It could be so. If let's say it's ghosts, like if we want to just make it okay. easy to leave, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Ghosts, like what do you, what do you, yeah. So okay, ghosts or ghosts. Cool. Well, ghosts would are different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone has different experience with quote unquote ghost. That we would describe as outside of nature, right? right? So we're comparing it to what we know. We know that when people die, they don't often just stick around as like as in, in an ethereal way with no body, no mind, or uh, uh, no tangible, no way to prove they exist, right. no way to like we can just we speculate, which is one of the reasons they're called specters, right? Right, because we're we're suspecting that they exist. Right? Yeah, yeah. So with ghosts, it's like okay. So you were in a in a house. Mm-hmm. You heard a noise that you can't determine where it came from. Where it came yeah. from, or you're tapped on the shoulder, or whatever it may be. Yeah. And every natural possibility, mm-hmm. despite how insane it may be, it could even be another supernatural thing. Like, what if there's a guy who time travels and he went boop and then disappeared again? Right. Is that any more? any more or less rational than a, a, a person's dead spirit poking around the living? Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, we know people don't time travel. How do we know? There's nothing to suggest that people do. Besides, there's nothing that says that people don't either. Well, but in those scenarios, when there's nothing that go, that there's nothing firmly that, that goes either way. Nothing gives you the, the reason to believe, right? Yeah, in either direction, then you just, but you people, just dismiss but, it. But people it's believe in ghosts. Yeah, people do. So if there's another rational, natural alternative, mm-hmm. why would we not believe that first before speculating that it's something that we can't test, we can't prove, we can't, we have no actual evidence for, it's just a guess. Right. But we're leaning to the guess first before we go to a plausible option. Right. So we're going to an implausible option before mm-hmm. we're going to a plausible option, which is, my brain's dumb and I can't always gather the correct information to get the, exactly what happened in that scenario. We do the same thing with prayers. We well, do the same that's thing. That's very with, lazy. No, it's just the, it's just, it, the, the way the brain works is it creates shortcuts. Okay. That's why illusions work. Right. All a magician does or illusionist that does is plays with your shortcuts. Okay. Right. Yeah. But to you, you have no explanation. It's magic, right? Mm -hmm. Even if he tells you, hey, I'm going to do this, and it happens, right? You Mm -hmm. still don't know how it's done, right? Right. So there's there's people, I think we talked about Darren Brown the last time we were on. I was on. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Great, like, illusionist and and mentalist and all stuff. But he literally has a special called um, uh, Spiritual, I think, or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. where he basically, uh, this... British plumber dude, he picks out of random, mm-hmm. teaches him how to become uh, a faith healer. And he shows him all the tricks and convinces thousands of people that they're healed by him. And it's all right. fake, right? Right, right? Because people are easily duped because we don't critically think about what's happening to us when it feels natural. It feels like, like something that, oh, this happened to my friend. It's all anecdotal, right? Right. So my friend saw a ghost. How is he still your friend? <laughs> your yeah. friend needs to go to a mental hospital. Right. 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 It's just like, we don't look at those things like, oh, we just dismiss it at, at hand because right. so many people like, it's one of those things like, if it's a close enough 
thing to what someone else said, we mm-hmm. attribute the same thing without ever questioning it. And I, I even think I, I think we talked about it last time, and I told you about a guy who was on the verge of being shot. Mm-hmm. The gun jams out of sure, and in 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 he attributes it to divine intervention. Sure, it was God. Sure. Like it was it was it was written. And what was, was my question? I for, what, what, I can tell it? you right. I know immediately what it is. What was it? How many guns jam? How many guns? Jam? How many guns jam? Well, I don't, I don't know. Guns jam all the time. Is it all the time? Uh, guns jam all the time. Okay. You, yeah. Guns jam. They like you could have a shitty gun. The gun's gonna jam. Yeah. Right. So. If, but, why, that, but if it's divine in for intervention, so this is how I look at it, right? Okay. So, let's say a deity of some sort was like. I'm going to put this person in a situation where he's got a gun to his head or whatever it may be. And he's going to fear for his life. It'll be a traumatic incident. Right. And at the last second, I'm going to make the gun not fire properly. Well, then that would be... Why would you put someone in that position to begin with? Well, maybe... To learn a lesson? What lesson is he learning? Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people um, that are religious, very religious, that's Mm -hmm. what they would say. Yeah. Maybe this person wasn't fully bought into the religion. Maybe this person wasn't living the correct way. Maybe this person just so needed a, a wake-up call. He literally needed a gun to his head to believe it? If I'm an all-powerful being, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want to, right? Right. I can put him in a scenario where there is no gun being jammed. There's no terror in his brain. There's no, like, hey, oh, there's someone who magically got healed. And I can give you the evidence for it. And it's me. I can literally say, well, but, but that's not how religion why not? Like, works. Like, as like, if it did, guess what would happen? Guess what would happen? There'd be one religion. religion. Right. Like, <laughs> everything that I know about religion is, um, and I'm not necessarily saying that I, I subscribe to it all, but, sure. um, well, there's, there's, I always say there's a billion religions, but there's only one religion, which is the one that you perceive. Right. <laughs> so, but the way the way it's supposed to work, I ideology like the ideology of it is, you're supposed to follow your religion, like on your own. Talking about the free will argument. <laughs> hey, that if that's you're supposed to do it on your own. So if you're not, you're supposed to come to it of your own will, and it's free of your choice. Right, and so if you're not doing the things, but like if God's putting book, you in the position yeah. to make that choice, how is it a free choice? If he's putting you in a position, if he's to, if he's put literally put a gun to your head uh-huh. to help you decide to believe in him, how is that free will? Well, I mean, <laughs> before it gets to that, it's supposed to be, and then he shows. So then, you why did why he do he that? Should, well, he's showing you his. He's, he's flexing his muscles. He's showing off. This is what could have happened, but I'll jam that gun. I'll make that gun not fire the correct way. Mm-hmm. So what to happened? Show you what happened to the, I exist. What happened to a, the other guy who was in a very similar position, right? Had a religious tendency, wasn't fully uh, like enveloped in that belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, ran into a guy with a gun, and a gun. The guy got shot and died because the bullet did work. The gun did work. What was the lesson for him? For the guy that actually got shot. Yeah, he he now died. God didn't intervene, and if he's not fully into the religion or didn't have 100% belief in his religion, he may be in hell, suffering for eternity. How is that fair? How is that a just God? Well, I mean, people get made 
out of exa- people. Examples get made out of people all the time. But who's making the example? The guy that created the person to be made example of. God. So why was so, that guy? Why was that guy even made if he's so you know, God's making an example out of this person for somebody else? Uh, yeah. Okay. So if God can kill one person, mm-hmm. put him in hell, have him burn eternally forever, right? Mm-hmm. Was that his choice? Was that whose choice? The person. The, the person that died. Where's his free choice? This is this is why I don't subscribe to everything. <laughs> I know. I I do believe in like, like faith, like having something. Oh, my favorite word. Like no, no, like it's just having something. Like define faith that way, because there's 18 different ways you can take the word faith. So it's it's believing in 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 something that is not tangible, that's not there. Okay. So like, like like I told you earlier, my dad was like, I don't know how it's gonna happen tomorrow. Sure. How are we gonna pay rent next month? We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna figure out a way. So is faith e- equivalent to hope? Well, hope is how do I define hope? Hope is wanting something to happen. I guess. I mean, just you just like you just have like some sort of like I guess eagerness to have it happen. Okay. Or so, a, a desire. So the difference would, for seemingly, they don't, don't even put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. um, hope is like, I, I'm wishing for this event to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Having faith is, it's going to happen if I believe it's going to happen. Well, if you put in the works, because faith without works is dead. So, so, if, so I'm, if, I'm, if I'm saying, I don't know how we're going to pay rent next month or how we're going to fulfill all the. So, how good is faith if you have oh. to work to make faith real? So why not just faith? work? Why do you need the faith part? Well, because it, it it's, it's something to hold on to. So it's a motivating factor. It's like a teddy bear. <laughs> that's that's how do we get to teddy bear? Well, like it's comforting. Like, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kinda, I, that was kinda, like because kind of comforting, like just something that you can you can like grasp. So on. I'm gonna take what people you just, hate their jobs. I'm gonna take what you said, uh-huh. and I'm gonna throw it back at you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So faith is something you, it's like a motivating factor. It's, it's comfort. Uh, it's relying. It's basically you have to put work in to make faith real, but it gives you comfort knowing that it'll work. It all work out. Right. right. So the faith is almost like a trust in something that if you work hard enough, yes, the results that you yeah. want. So it's an amalgamation of all those things. Trust, want, hope, desire, it's all those things, right? I guess. Right? Yeah. I can, I can work with okay, that. Okay, so if you have faith without evidence, because you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you and I are going to uh, attempt to do the same thing. You're going to use faith, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to use faith, right? Right. I'm just going to do what I can to make that thing happen, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So you use your faith, I use my desire, whatever it may be, right? Right. Can we both achieve what we are, our goals are set out to be? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. So do why, if I, if I don't have faith, why is it, why is it still possible for me to do the same thing that you would do? Why is it still, why is faith helpful for you if I could do the same thing without it? Well, I mean, everybody's not like built the same. Sure. 
I agree. Everybody's everybody. But we're we're physically we're physically something. doing the same thing. Right, right. But sometimes some like it just needs. Sometimes people just need more. Needs more. So what if I now put a gun to your head? Would that be a motivating factor? A fearful one. Right. Yeah. So there's other ways to get there without faith, essentially. Yeah, when you put it like that, yeah. So if but faith is a, a gun, faith, putting a gun to my head is not comfortable. Sure, of course not. It's not. No. Yeah. But I can do it without a gun or faith. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and the task we're doing is what's like a physical task or Your whatever. belief may be different. Your be- well, my... Your belief in you doing my My understanding outcome. of my abilities, right? Okay. Because belief is another loaded word. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. I love this shit. Yeah, this shit is fucking crazy. So belief yeah. is is taking like it's basically a certain certainitude mm-hmm. of my abilities. I I have I believe that if I push hard enough, I can do a bench press, right? Of a certain weight. I may be mistaken, well, I may be wrong. But well, that's that's all right. Okay. I can believe I can lift 225. Okay. I can bench 225. Right. I can have I can have faith I can bench it. I can hope that I can bench it, but that's like a physical But until you until you actually do it, you don't know you can do it. You don't know what you don't know. So I mean But faith would say I that's think not most true. People know when they can lift some twenty five. But I would say but you don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. There's no faith in that equation. There's not. That's why that's why I wouldn't use that word in that scenario. Okay. Because I can actually like go to a, a bench press, lay down, and try to pick it up. So what's better, faith or evidence? Evidence. Okay. Evidence. So when it comes to Sometimes you're not privy to that though. Sure. We don't have the evidence. Sometimes we just So don't un- know. until on the, there, that's what I was looking for. Well, but like, no, no. <laughs> All right, so you're 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 working with a, you're you're a filmmaker. Uh-huh. You're working with a person. Mm-hmm. You tell them your your ideas, and this person's like, "Yeah, I'll work on it with you. I don't know if it's gonna work." You're gonna be like, "Yeah, I, I need to work with someone else." Like, I want somebody who it's it's a matter of I don't know if it's gonna work. It's not a good no one. Good. <laughs> I would say no one knows for sure about anything, right? But if that person says, I like the idea. I'm willing to invest in that idea, not knowing for sure if that idea is going to make my, give me my money back. Right. That's a risk. Right. Right. So if that person said, I have a faith, no evidence. I've never, I've literally, you just said, I have a movie and I have money. Right. And I have, I, f- I feel like faith is intervening and I'm going to give you my money. Mm-hmm. Right. Is he wise in that decision? Using faith is the only method. He's not. Okay. Well, but when you like, so when you have an idea, you curate an idea, you believe in your work ethic, your skill set, your just everything that you've, um, that you, that you've compiled. I take an inventory of my abilities. Right. Yeah. So you have this idea, you believe this, you, you believe this can work because of all the attributes yeah, that you I have. but I don't know if it will work. But you believe it. But I don't know. My certainitude is not knowing. It's not to the point of. Knowledge. I mean, it's not a hundred percent. But you're pretty. You're. But you're, I, I don't use. I don't use the. I don't use the faith method, which is lack of evidence. Right. Because I have evidence. I have a story. I have. I've. I've shot stuff before. 
I've, you know, I've edited things. People have seen them. Mm-hmm. That's all demonstrable evidence that shows that I have an ability to do what I'm being asked to do. Whereas I'm praying to a God that, that I get the, my, the job that I need to, to, you know, feed my family. Right. Right. But I, you, I have no demonstrable evidence that he's ever done anything for me before. Right. I have maybe a perception, but my perception could be wrong. I could be mistaken. Right. And to rely on in faith without evidence, seeing no evidence, mm-hmm. I'm saying I have faith that my I will get this job and I will be able to feed my family. Well, faith is a very unreliable source of, of knowledge. It's not a pathway to truth of any kind. It is... A, I don't want to use it as that though, as the pathway to truth. So you what? Just, so what do you use faith that, for? Something like, like I said, a motivation, a comfort, a comfort, just a, a well, it, in different scenarios. So like, it could be a motive. I guess people could use it as a motivator. Like if you're an athlete, right? Like when athletes get talked to when they, when they get they get interviewed, a lot of them, the first thing they do is thank God for their abilities. Yeah, I would say they're mistaken because. Here's why. Everybody can't run that fast. Everybody's yeah. not catching footballs. Yeah. At, you know what I mean? So but, why is that different? But where did God come into the mix? My question would be, so how much How much did you run before you went and ran this race? That's more evidence to me than God. Yeah, you, you practiced for this marathon. You were able to complete it. So where does God fit in? God not God's back run. behind you pushing? Well, no, not, not everybody can run the marathon. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who can who don't believe in God. True. So it's like it's just it's just different things for different people. Yeah, but that's not how facts work. <laughs> that's not how real world works. That's not how truth yeah. works. Right. So I I that's why I'm until truly until like I know the fence about like a lot of and you should childhood, be. what everything I've learned and you that I don't know why 100% I like that should or be. why anything that I learned that I don't know why I've. I know that. I'm like, well, why do I? But people a lot, I, also a lot of people a lot of people say they're they're critical thinkers and they're not. <laughs> a lot real. of people say they're um, they they're rational and they're not. Uh, a lot of people say that they're um, they are skeptical and they're not. Right. Those are catch-all phrases that people don't really understand. So being skeptical mm-hmm. is to me one of the best attributes in life because if I'm skeptical, mm-hmm. I don't have to be a dick about it. I can be like. So if you came to me with an outrageous claim, I'm going to be skeptical. Right. But that's a protective mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's probably the best thing you can do in life is be skeptical first, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's a, it's a risk. It's if, I, if I say, if you came to me, it's like, hey, I got this great business idea. I just need 50 grand. I'll, I'll lay the whole thing out for you, right? Right. Right? But you've, you've been arrested for fraud before. And you don't come and tell me that. But if I'm skeptical and I look it up, Right. right now, I have more evidence. I have more tools in my toolbox. Right, you're like, well, this to make up to make an educated decision. Otherwise, who knows? I mean, you could be totally legit. You just you you, you did your time. You, you fixed your life. Now you're good. Right, right. But until I know those variables, it's a risk. So, my thing in life is, and it's hard to do. It's fucking challenging because the culture is not built to be skeptical. Yeah, it's not built to be. It's like, here, take it. Just take it. Take right. it. It's fine. Take it. Take it. <laughs> like, especially in politics, stuff like that. It's just it's, this stuff is forced down your throat and you just accept it because it's told to you by an authority figure. Right. And that's literally what all irrational thought kind of 
works around mm-hmm. is someone you trusted at some point in life gave you some information that you didn't question because you trusted the, the person giving it to you. Right. The great example is Santa Claus. To me, also, hand in hand, exactly the same thing as a god. Right. Works the same way. So if you have... There's actually more evidence for Santa Claus than there is for God because your parents are acting in the place of Santa Claus. So when you give milk and cookies next morning, they're gone. That's evidence. <laughs> it can be used evidence. Like, it's kind of like... doesn't mean it's good evidence, but it's evidence. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, like, that's not... <laughs> but if I was Anybody skeptical... Can... Right. Well, well, but, so how do you, how would you how would you approach this when you have children? Oh, like do you just another? Not, a I don't have children, so that's we'll get that out of the right. way. So do you just not ever mention anything about Santa Claus and mm-hmm. the Easter Bunny? Yep. And, because why are you telling them to begin with? So my this is my this is what because it's fun. It's fun for who? For the kids. Why to have, some, to have something to to have something to believe in to have something to to. Does it have anything to do with the fact that they get presents? I mean, well. <laughs> Well, yeah. That part's fun for them. Sure. Well, well yeah. I mean, that's parents called, that's and called bribery. Right. Presents are. <laughs> Believe this. Act like a good little shit and you get a treat at the end. <laughs> right. Well, so parents don't want to be like, yeah, all those toys, that Xbox, everything that I got you, mm-hmm. that was for me. Why not? It, it, it doesn't. It's just that's, not, that's the reality. It's not fun. When the kid mm-hmm. is when the kid is three years old. From, your pers- it, from the perspective of a person who grew up with it right. that way. Well, but for a three-year-old, they're they're just trusting they everything they that you say. They don't care. Well, either there's a two-year-old or a one-year-old. Like, there's an age though, right. right? Where the age of understanding is like, like, I'm gonna ask you your Santa Claus story, but I'm telling mine first. Okay. So obviously, parents are super religious, right? Right. So every Christmas we would go to my grandma's house, and every Christmas we would um, uh, have we celebrate at our house. Right. Family and then bigger family, right? Mm-hmm. But we go to church every Christmas. We were there like five days a week usually anyway. Yeah. Um, but what would happen is, is my mom, has, I don't think ever missed a church service that I can ever remember. <laughs> yes. Except for Christmas Eve service when it was just me, my brother, and my dad would go. Right. Mom would stay back. And guess when Santa would show up every single time? <laughs> when mom stayed back. And oddly enough, Santa's handwriting Looks a shit ton like my mother's cursive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I just I I figured it out because these these variables. But the thing is, is they like I was probably like twelve or eleven or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But my entire life, I was told, like at my grandma's house, one of the uncles would go outside and they take a the, um, uh, the bells and ring the bells. Yeah. Right. And he, sometimes they even climb up, depending on the year, they climb up on the roof and do, 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 you know, make the, all the shit. Yeah, the walking. Right. Shit, There's yeah. no fucking fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So th- they're just playing up this fucking <laughs> fake ass fantasy <laughs> to children who trust <laughs> them to give them what the world is. Like, here's what the world is. Here's how you're going to live life. Here's the things to look out for. Right. right? And they're literally conning their children to believe a story Mm -hmm. that they know isn't true. Which amuses them because they're giving this fun little fantasy to their kids, right? It's a little fairy tale for them, right? 
But at some point, the kids figure it out. How often is it that the parents tell the kids? They want to hold on to that as long as possible, right? Well, I would want to tell, like, tell my daughter at one point or another. Okay. Because if that's but, if you're gonna say but, that about Santa Claus, then Cinderella and Rapunzel and Snow White, and all but that, they're not treated the same. But that it's all fake. It's yeah, all but fantasy. But, but no one has a, a a woman dressed as Cinderella show up at the door <laughs> with a glass slipper in her hand. You've been to Disneyland. That's obviously that's a theme park, and kids are like, oh, that's and for them it may be real. But what I'm saying is right is all those places and people in the same place to a movie that's a cartoon, a little different. Okay. Like this is, this is like, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm telling my child that there's a man that lives in the North Pole. He has flying reindeer. He can magically travel to everyone in the world mm-hmm. in one night. And he, everyone gets m- multiple presents, usually, right? Right. And when the kids have question, how does he do that? He's magic. Okay. I can imagine when you have a kid, you're just going to get his gift card. Take care, doubt, doubt that's going to happen, but for many reasons, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my, like the way I see it is, and this is what kind of what happened to me is, and it didn't happen to the level I wish it had, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's probably the coping mechanism is I discovered that my mom was lying and I'm like, well, you said this is true and you were adamant about it. The same level that you, when we go to church, you say that guy's true too. So you start questioning other things. So I'm like, okay, so why did you tell me all that in the beginning? Like, what's the point? Like, what is the point of Easter? What is the point of Santa Claus? Mm-hmm. What is it like? The well, it's because it actually falls back to Constantine again. Is the Easter bunny is pagan? Right. The Christmas tree is pagan. These are traditions that started back then that we've literally done for hundreds of years all because meh, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So if, if, if I were to have a child, I would literally never lie to my child as best I can. Like there are times when you have to lie to a child to, to, to make a situation not stressful or for the, the child's benefit. Right. I don't see the benefit in lying to a child for a long period of time, years at a time. Right. All for the big reveal to be, he's made up. Well, I mean, I just, I would. When I, you could do other things, you can make your own traditions. Right. You could have your own, like, this is our family time. And we all share how much we love one another. We gift people. We give each other gifts that represent how much we love. Why isn't that the thing? That's what I want to make thing. I mean, right now, my daughter's three years old. Mm-hmm. She, I. It's fun. Like, she likes to say Santa Claus, Santa Claus. Like, it's, it's fine. When she's four, she'll get more understanding. And five, we'll t- I'll be damn near taking her to the store with me to buy the gifts that sure. she wants. You know what I mean? Which so is, like, which is uh, to a lesser degree. Right. But it's the same thing, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like it, we fall into the traps of, of culture. We fall in the traps of, like, everyone else is doing it. It's that peer pressure scenario. Right. We talked about the elevator last time. Or the, the 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 dinging of the bell in the the clinic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's that same thing. Yeah. It's we're programmed to do whatever the culture that we're in because we don't want to stand out. Because if we stand out, we are wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be wrong because if we're wrong, what else are we wrong about? And if we're wrong about everything, well, why why should I even have a kid if I can't get this world right? Right. right? So there's all these little things that fall back to like our nature. Right. right. So. 
the religions are the same thing. They're the, the but I also struggle too. Like I also like because because I do see, think of myself as like a skeptic, like a person that just wants to know why. Why like yeah. try to be the why guy all the time. Sure. But at the same time, I want to find like the balance between being that why guy and also just coming off as like a prick. Yeah, <laughs> an, just, an annoying douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I've what are you I've, saying, I've, bro? <laughs> I've I've seen that guy. Sure. And that guy is kind of you know like why like it's all about in my it, mind it, I'm like it's all about how some you things, Some things just they can just be. I have I have what, friends that are like of all different religions and belief systems and stuff. And I don't like walk up to them and punch them in the face with the things that I, that I think they're doing wrong. Right. Right. So it comes up in conversation and the, the best thing to do is be like, Oh, that's interesting. So here's what I think about that. If we want to have the conversation, if we don't, cool, we'll just move on. Yeah. But the, where it comes to a big struggle for me is family. Right. I have a strained relationship with my folks. Mm-hmm. I have a strained relationship with my, my relatives Right. Um, and it's not necessarily because they've done anything particularly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, my folks, I can say that I can't really say that, but my outside relatives that are around them is I'm kind of like more than a black sheep. I, I abandoned them essentially is what they probably assume. Right. Right. Do you go back and visit? No. I mean, I don't have any interest in, in going back because for me going back is like, um, it's, it's putting myself in the situation I was running from. Mm-hmm. and I've gone back a few times and it's always been frustrating and it's, it's, I have a hard time being able to be myself. I have to put on the, the, the Minnesota kid mask. There's right? something there, man. We got to talk about it. Well, to a degree, but yeah. I don't put on masks for anyone else. I'm, I'm as, so I hate hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm I, there's literally one of my biggest pet peeves about humanity. Um, so being one, I, I, it, it, it happens and I, I have to kind of like do it to appease others because I don't want to make people upset, but then I'm being a hypocrite. So putting myself in a situation where I have to be like, oh yeah, things are great. And, and you know, like it's just this fakeness and my, the culture I come from, Mm -hmm. everyone's fake as fuck. Right. No, everyone's talking shit behind everyone's back because it's that small town life, but they're all putting on this like, "Hmm, look how morally proper I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, this moral superiority complex that is just and I grew up prevalent. In well. I grew up in church as well, and like that shit was like front and center. Just yeah. how fake, how political mm-hmm. everything was. Like if this is all about God and for God, none of this shit even matters. Like my grandma was like some figure, like some pillar, like at our church. Like she, yeah. she made sure all the church functions. Mm-hmm. Um, got set up and planned the right way and yep. ran by the right people. Yep. But then like we'd go home and laundry list of all the assholes she worked with. Oh, did you see sister blank, blank, such and such? Yep. Oh my God. Can you, did you see the shirt she had on? Did you? And like, you know, as a kid, like didn't really like register. Mm-hmm. It kind of did. Where it's like, why do we like care? We just had a nice time at an event. Yeah. We ate, we heard, heard the word of God. Like, why do you care? that, you know, her hat was too big or Mm -hmm. that her chicken didn't taste good. Like she, like those are her efforts. Like she was asked to make something. She made it because you didn't like it. Like it's just so many like, like politics. And I'll, and I've always been like, and so my brother is like Mm -hmm. a youth pastor. He's super religious. Like he's like 
very much immersed in that sure. you know lifestyle. Me, on the other hand, even as a kid, like I was always kind of like standoffish. The moment I was like the requirement for me to go to church went away. Yeah, I stopped going. That, Peace. That same Sunday. Yep. My grandma was in church four nights a week, just like you mm-hmm. know Bible study. This yep, that mine too. And it was just so, just the monotony was just like it's weighing for, on me for, for them. So long. It's, yeah. it's their tribe. Yeah, and and that's basically what it is. And so mm-hmm. like, um, my dad, my dad was never really like. He he was he was he was just like more spiritual like sure. just have faith just believe in yourself just yeah. that type of guy, yeah. um, call that God light. Right. <laughs> so like he was he was kind of one of those, and so like he was like you know what you don't have to go to church like church is here like it's whatever you think and believe in your heart that's cool. your mind that's, that's it's here progressive. That's just a building people go and congregate, and if they're not gonna congregate the way you think they should and love each other the way you think they should, you yeah. shouldn't be immersed in that. But I, I my my kind of related reality to that mm-hmm. when I was growing up, very similar is if someone came in with a wacky haircut, yeah, that person was not accepted. If a person came in with an ear piercing in the wrong place, that person yeah, was it not was accepted. Crazy. And then like the Bible clearly says, come as you are. It also says, you know, like, like if, the, <laughs> if the, if the homeless guy on the street yeah. does not feel comfortable walking in here, yeah. having a seat just to, you know, hear the word of God or whatever, mm-hmm. like, how inclusive are we? Like, really? When it, God was all inclusive. Yeah. Is it, or supposed to be. Yeah. It is that the magic word. It's that hypocrisy. So it was like it's is it's very like hypocritical. And then when I went back to work for the church, oh my God. Like now you're in it. Yeah. And like so like I'm there like just to work. Like yeah. and there was just so many like um just things like when I would like have to mic up the choir, the choir's like 15 people. I'd get one person, I'll just make sure you have this person's mic turned down just sure. a little bit extra because sure. they sing a little too loud and they yeah. take over. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm looking, I'm, I'm paying, putting all you guys on the, Yeah, I'm putting all you guys on the same level. Like I don't want to and group it up, mix onto his own bus and just operate yep. it from it. I don't care. I have no dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care who take who's the loudest, who sings the best. Like it's a collective effort. Like if one person sounds shitty, then you likely yeah. will all sound off. My, is it, they don't understand that they they really don't. I'm no, like, well, it's it's their it's their community. The shittier you are, the more reverb I'll put on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the community it's, they have, and it's the people they they like find common ground with. And you can see the same thing about a sports team. You can say the same thing about um, much uh, less charity. You could say that anywhere people gather, yeah, and they have a, a a common ground, right? Right, you're going to have these these tribalistic tendencies, and that doesn't come from anything spiritual. That comes from like ancestral stuff, right? It comes from our evolution, where we survive by being a tribe, so we hold on to those tribes dearly, right? And what's funny is when when we had, there's a couple of times where the church got mixed up with some, uh, like we had, we had different pastors and stuff, but people come through and there were some that the church liked and some that didn't, if they didn't like the the pastor for whatever reason, I, we had a youth pastor that I really was, uh, was cool with. Right. Um, but he had, a, uh, an ear piercing and they rode a motorcycle at some point and he was the rebel pastor. Right. Yeah. So their, their perceptions of people were stupid. They were stupid in that 
they judged people that didn't look like them. And this is the time before internet. So Mm -hmm. it was, I remember we, did you guys have in your church, um, like it's the so-called satanic panic. There's just, there's different, there's different iterations of it, but it, it, it started a long time ago, but there was a kind of a, uh, it kind of got picked up again. Like in our church, they would have full on um, church services dedicated to instructing on how the devil was in certain uh, media outlets or mm. movies or music, or whatever. Okay. So I remember the we, all the, the the church was gathered. There was, there was a packed house about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So you got two things happening. Right. Right. You have the word nightmare. Mm-hmm. And they're oh so holy Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy would come up, and this guy travels around all these churches giving this speech, essentially. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing was like, well, the main story is about a skeleton that's walking, talking, and singing. Mm-hmm. So he has to be possessed by the devil. The devil is this is a this is a medium for the devil, right? The devil to get into your kids, right? And we have to stop it. Like, so this had happened numerous times, like different movies, whatever. So they villainized uh, a cute movie, essentially. Yeah, Jack Skeleton, yeah. Jack Skeleton singing about love. It's like, basically, it's a whole thing about like, yeah. you know, being who you are and loving who you are. Right. And then you'll, that'll, that'll spawn, you know, if you are who you are, someone else will love you for who you are. Right. And the whole, the, that point is not even in context. It is, well, it's, ghouls and goblins and ghosts mm-hmm. which oddly enough they believe in right but that's the work of the devil right right, right. so when i was a kid i thought it, you guys are just way too uptight about this shit like so like my parents uh, i was not allowed to see a movie mm-hmm. if i didn't eat the age requirement for the rating of that movie pg-13 okay. i couldn't be 13 right i had to be 13 before i see it yeah they have no idea who created these rating scales. They don't know how the movies are picked to have these rating scales. Right, right. They took it on the authority of who <laughs> yeah. to determine, well, on the box, it says you have to be 13. So you have to be 13. Right, right. You have to be 17 before you can see this R rated movie or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. So they took authority that, complemented their previous irrational beliefs. It compounded in life. It confirmed their own bias. And confirmed their own biases. So they literally were like, well, yeah. it's because we ignore the things that go against what we think. And then we just let everything we reaffirm. In that it's kind of like, why are you like, it's like when somebody makes an argument for one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next time when that one thing's not in their favor, like they're arguing against it. Sure. And like, I, like when I get into arguments, like with anybody, girlfriend, my mom, anybody, I'm like, but two weeks ago you just argued for that. Yeah. So now that this is not in your favor, like people I'm at work all the time and it's bad happening. at arguing. It's it's people when I'm at work, it happens the most. I'm like, wait. We talked about logical fallacies last time, I think. Yeah. But um that's one of the problems that people have is they don't know how to argue A. Mm-hmm. They argue from emotion rather than ration rationale. And they they find things that are compelling to them and they believe they should be, be compelling to everyone. So 
To them, it's a yes. fact, oh my God. even though it's a perception, right. right? Well, I saw a text message on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I get texts on my phone all the time, but not all of them are bad text yeah. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So they're going to say that, that I'm going to use, I'm going to take this text that could have been innocent, could be a joke or whatever it is, yeah. and perceive it one way, and then that's now a fact, yeah. despite whatever evidence you have to the contrary. Right, right. Right? So it's, it's these things that people, because... Like I said, it's the shortcuts again. It's easier to not have to go through all the rigmarole to make sure and confirm it's a fact when I can just say fact. Yeah, it's like, wait. It's like that. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I I just, I'm a big fan of agree and a disagree. Some people like to keep the argument going. There, there is a point where you have to. to. Because when, when, when you're arguing and your goal is to get the other person. Yeah. To like agree with you. like I don't argue for that yeah. like I'm just they, you can't change people's minds you yeah. have to change their perceptions which is much more difficult right like I'm this is what I think that's what you think the argument's done yep if you don't believe me fine if you if I said something at least a, a least bit compelling like let me know like yeah. don't make me seem like I'm just like I don't know man I just I try arguing to, I try to avoid it arguing is time. tough especially when because I have a, I have a thing where people when they misconstrue my intention. Yeah, uh, I just I lose my mind with that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, how did you know my intention? That's your perception of my intention. Let me explain my intention first, right? Before you make a perception about my intention. Yeah. So here's the scenario that I have. Mm-hmm. I gave you this set of information. The reason I gave it to you was da 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 da. Now, take that and deal with it. Don't, they don't the, they no don't, don't want people to don't do want that because it's, uh, it's 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 more work for them right. to understand your position, mm-hmm. but. That's how arguments end in agree to disagree yeah. because you're saying, well, I've, I, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Right. I'm trying to get you to understand where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and you're not doing it. So let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, I can't do it. Or when they're like taking what you said, like out of context. Oh yeah. Like you can't take what I'm saying now Bringing it to our argument as as an example, because it fit like no, that's what I said to that. Yeah, this scenario is this scenario. This right. This other scenario this is, is complete, other scenario. This is completely different. Mm-hmm. This is th- like that doesn't even apply we're, here. We're shitty communicators. Like oh my one God. of my favorite one of my favorite lines. Uh, I can't remember the, the atheist that is like an atheist activist mm-hmm. is. Um, how's it go? Basically, he's like we. We take things for granted, such as a book, right? Mm-hmm. And we apply all these attributes to this book right. without any evidence that these attributes apply. Mm-hmm. Um, we take it at face value. But when it comes to a conversation, we don't. Right. We're always looking for the, well, where is he trying to get me? Well, where is he trying to lie? Well, where, what is his right. motivation? We don't right. look at that with, the, with this book full of 62 books of nonsense. Right. Right. It's, I mean, there are things in the Bible. My favorite thing about Christians especially is rarely have they read the Bible from front to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rarely have they read it in consecutive, right? Usually it's bounce around at the cherry picking, right? Yeah. Um, and there's so many absurd things. Like I, I will bring up things like the talking donkey, um, uh, the bear, the bear attack, the children. There's just a bunch of stories in the Bible that, that have no positive life lessons. Mm-hmm. They're in the Bible. And supposedly that's God's word, but it shows 
a side that God, of God that people don't want to see. They want God to be all good. Well, God created the world. He also created, created the devil. And the, back to the free will argument real quick. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing with the free will is um, was the devil was at one point an angel, right? Mm-hmm. And he knew God personally. He's seen what God has done. He's, he has, as a human, we don't have that access. We don't have that ability to, to know God in that way, have verifiable evidence because you can literally, you're right, mind meld or whatever you want to call it, right? Right, right. But he, knowing all of that, decided, fuck you, I'm out. Right. And he denied God. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you interpret the Bible, God sent him to hell to, to manage hell, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, a, if you look at hell, it isn't until like the last half of the Bible that hell's even mentioned. Um, but the, this angel that people like, well, the angel, if that's, he has free will. Right. Or does he? Well, if well, he's think, in heaven where God is. Well, I think if you're going to talk about good, being God in heaven, like you, there's a there's always an opposite side. So like yin and yang. That right? makes that makes no sense though. And here's why: if God created everything, God is evil. There's no yin and yang. God created it all. Right. There's no like, the God and the devil lived together in harmony, and then one day God's like, "Hey, you want to create this universe real quick?" And then they make it together and then live together. And then they, the Adam and Eve fuck it up. And he goes down there and like, I don't like get him, you know? Yeah. That's not how it worked. <laughs> supposedly. Right. It didn't say it worked like that. Yeah. So the, they, they took it as mm-hmm. well. Um, God made everything. There was no devil. Then we made a devil. There must've already been a hell for him to go to. So God made that too. And if God made that to put people into. Right. He made it before he gave Adam and Eve, who were supposedly perfect, but then they ate the apple. The apple then caused them to fall from God. They then, when they deny God or anyone for the future deny God after never having met him or having evidence really to support that he exists, I'm going to send those people to God to burn forever. Now, here's my question. You have a child. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you could that child could ever do for you to put a fire to them eternally. Nothing. So you're moral than you're more moral than God, who's the moralist. So how are you more moral than you, the God that made the world? In six days and rested on the seventh. Yeah. There's just there's all these things like if you think about it with the context of I know nothing. Now bring me information so that I can make a determination and make sure that evidence that I'm given can be validated demonstrably so that I know for sure that my soul, which is obviously very important to religious people, yeah. is, is I can make the correct decision so that my soul is either going to the good place eternally or the bad place eternally and I can avoid that. But God gave God built in the option of hell if you're not convinced, but what has he given you to convince him? A book. Is a book the best way to convey information? I can make a video that's much more compelling than a book because it's got <laughs> pictures too. Right. But a book right. written by 
goat herders for the, you know, for, for all, you know, right. like how is that the medium to which you deliver your holy message of salvation? Well, this is million years ago. No, so this is like so this 4,000 years ago. Well, yeah. So 2,000 years ago. Right. So, I mean, that was the only way, I guess. Books, writing. There's so no that's, that's how powerful God is? He has to stick to a, a book written on sheepskin? I think he could, if he's is the, if he's the God that I've been told he is, mm-hmm. why doesn't he just have forever in the sky? I am God. Don't fuck with me. Do your shit. Like I'm evident. I'll come and, and God's revealed himself numerous times, mm-hmm. right? Angels. He's appeared to Moses in a fire, right. like, or that guy was fucking stoned in mushrooms, whatever. Well, maybe he's coming back. Yeah. He said that, but there's been a long time where lots of people have died innocently mm-hmm. that God hasn't helped. For what? So. Oh, man. So, that's, that's, so, so that's, we're going to start another podcast? This is where we're talking we, about? Yeah, we could <laughs> we could literally go. We're, we're at 152? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I didn't realize it. That was that was good, man. The day that of the week. That was good, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, just another day. <laughs> but anyways, I love man, this that shit. was awesome, man. Uh, I definitely uh, I like appreciated you. I definitely appreciated uh, philosophizing with Nate. Hell yeah, man! That was that was awesome, man. I appreciate you I'm telling for stepping you. I'm in telling you, Jay. Jay is forget that guy. Jay, man, Jay, you're on the hot seat, bro. You're on the hot seat, bro. <laughs> but anyways, man, shout out to you, man. You got anything you want to plug in? I noticed the rebranding. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, the studio is called Midnight Profit Productions. It's kind of like my. My production company uh, for filmmaking and all stuff. I just kind of put it all into one. Okay. So if you want to follow that, it's um, at Midnight Profit Prod, P-R-O-D, because it's too long for production. So yeah. like a shortened version. Yeah. Um, and then you can also follow me personally um, at Illuminate underscore Nate. So it's like Illumi underscore Nate. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so got a lot going on. I also, like I said, I, I rent out the studio space. So if there's anyone else out there that wants to do um, a podcast or if you have someone that wants to do like um, commentary for um, uh, a book that you wrote or audio book, whatever. Um, also self tapes. So if you're an actor okay. and you want to do self tapes, I offer all those services. Um, I can produce uh, cause I'm producing this podcast. Um, I can produce from, from literally like all you have to do is show up, mm-hmm. talk and leave. I have the, I have enough skill set and equipment and stuff to get you from a all the way to Z. Okay. So if people wanted to um, reach out, let me know. Up, let us know. Midnight Profit Productions. Absolutely, man. Um, you have just tuned in to another episode of Good Riddance, the podcast. I am I. the podcast. Jay is not in. Nate, thank you, man. No worries. I appreciate you. Hey, all day. Absolutely. Over and out. Get it. <laughs>